Hello, everyone. It's Friday again, and it's the Mike and Mario show. Uh, great to be back. How are you, Mike? Mario, doing good, my friend. Excited to connect as always and looking forward to uh, just wrapping up this week and, of course, looking ahead. We got a lot of things worth touching on, so <laughs> we'll be very interesting. Yeah, let's start with a little bit of uh, the geopolitical situation because I think it's important, not just because we want to look at it, but because how it affects the, the dollar and the West. I yeah. think uh, people are complacent about what's going on and sometimes dismissive what, of what they're doing out in Asia. Yeah. So yesterday and today we've had uh, the Shanghai Cooperation Organization uh, Summit mm -hmm. in uh, Uzbekistan. And uh, yes, uh, we've heard that uh, Iran has made a big move to become a member of the SCO. Yeah. And a lot of other countries are probably going to become members. And I think... Uh, the SCO and the BRICS are going to be one thing. And uh, I think already it's the biggest uh, international organization. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it just goes to show that uh, uh, the friend, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, <laughs> right? Because <Yeah. laughs> the, 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 the dollar system has been pushing people around for many decades. Uh, they've been using it as a tool as well with sanctions and, and other uh, punishments like uh, blocking SWIFT. Mm -hmm. And that people finally realize we have to build our own systems. And yeah. it looks like at the SEO, they have 40% of uh, the world population and 30% of GDP, and it's growing. Right, right. And, I, and, and the sad part is because there's so many other things going on, as you mentioned before, a lot of people are not going to focus on it just because it, it, it's it's no major news as of now. But then again, every handshake, every agreement that these countries make, it all has to do with the de-dollarization process. And this is the first time post, you know, health situations the world's experiencing that you got Xi, Putin and Modi and, uh, and all the other world leaders under one roof. And it's good to say they're going to be having some uh, interesting discussions that will be against the Western's agenda. So. Uh, we'll jump in, and I want to actually highlight one of the primary uh, little points that I highlighted here. So this is just a brief summary of all the activity throughout the last couple of days, but it's something that Putin said that stood out to me that I thought was worth bringing to everyone's attention. And we know how unfriendly the world has been towards uh, Russia, but here's a quote here. It says, Putin hails the new centers of power at the summit with the Asian leaders. And so he's basically saying that the growing role of new center of powers who cooperate with each other is becoming more and more clear, Putin told the meeting of the Shanghai Operation Agreement. And definitely he's referring to all the people who are actually at that meeting there. And uh, as they continue to come together, and that's, I guess, that new power center that he's focusing on. And so we'll see how the rest of that plays out here. But there is, as you mentioned, there's a uh, Modi calls for a transit amongst uh, SEO nations wanting to have it so that those co cooperative nations can travel freely throughout the region without having any hindrances or whatever. So they're making lots of moves over there. And yeah. of course, we're going to hear more about it as times unfold, I'm sure. And the reason I said uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend is that you have countries that normally wouldn't be dealing with each other, mm -hmm. like uh, Iran and Iraq. Apparently, there's going to be a railroad being built mm -hmm. for the one belt through those countries. Uh, you have Iran and Saudi Arabia who have always been at odds with each other. They're working together. It looks, I, I wouldn't put 
uh, I wouldn't discount uh, Saudi Arabia joining uh, mm -hmm. the SCO or even the BRICS eventually. And, and you've got, uh, yeah, you've got countries that were not very, uh, they're not bedfellows, but they, they are cooperating because it's the only way because uh, there's another uh, headline you showed me before we started that um, the U.S. wants to sanction uh, foreign banks for using the Mir, Mir card, right? right. Especially right. Tur Turkish banks. So you could see Turkey joining the BRICS. I think they, they're looking to join the BRICS. Right. So this is yeah. big. This is big here. And so the fact that the U.S. is deciding to now put pressure on nations that cooperate with Russia. And so we've talked about this before, but I want to say all the BRICS nations have signed up for the interbank payment structure railway through the mere financial system or mere payment system. And so that includes all the nations that's right now probably meeting at the SEO. And so it's just a matter of time. Uh, we'll see if the U.S. actually enforces this and what their next step would be. Yeah. But this is definitely something we will hear more about, I'm sure. It's ironic because in the last 30 30 years or so of uh, globalization, mm -hmm. maybe a little longer, uh, the West has exported its uh, technology, its manufacturing to all these countries. Yeah. And uh, we've indebted ourselves. We are in trouble now in terms of uh, the debt and the financial situation. And people don't realize that um, all these countries, they don't need us anymore because mm -hmm. they've got everything they need. Uh, all the manufacturing, the technology. Yeah, maybe they won't have uh, Gucci or Louis Vuitton <laughs> or Rolex or whatever, but uh, I'm sure they'll uh, come up uh, with uh, substitutes. Right. <laughs> and I think we're making a big mistake in the West because instead of, uh, well, I guess in a way we're pushing them to do this. So right. it, we're not going to go. Maybe eventually we will make up and the whole world maybe become will become more uh friendly towards each other and do business and trade i, I think that's what it's all about instead of having uh, conflicts all the time which we've had <laughs> right ever since the un was created and the un was supposed to be uh peacekeeping and uh end all wars so to speak Right. And I think it has everything to do with, you know, what Russia or Putin has mentioned about that whole multipolar world order centered around uh, the direction that the West gives to the rest of the world. And they're supposed to follow. And so he's calling for a more diversified uh, accountability, especially when it comes to the monetary system. So it doesn't surprise me one bit. But uh, to, to go back to that article I was referring to of the nations that might fall under sanction happens to be all of the uh you at what is it the eurasian uh countries as well as those scos so we got uh yeah. what it says here it says turkey vietnam armenia south korea Uzbekistan, belarus kazakhstan kyrgyzstan tajikistan <laughs> south Ossetia, south Ossetia, abkhazia well <laughs> south korea is interesting isn't it because south korea is not supposed to be doing this kind of stuff Right, South right. Korea is like a, a close, supposed to be a close ally of the U.S. and the West. Right. So that's uh, that's definitely a surprise there. So we're going to hear more about this. But uh, let's move ahead and into some other articles uh, related to these events here. Let me pop it up on screen here. So here's another little interesting uh, tidbit worth knowing. Um, Iran and Uzbekistan signs a 17 uh, mem <sighs> memorandum, memorandum yeah. of, uh, yeah, I forgot. 
Yeah, <laughs> let me see. I had it. MU. M-O-U-M-O-U. Memorandum of Understanding. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> As the two countries seek to uh, expand their bilateral ties. So while the West is bickering and arguing, those those guys over there are just signing away and uh, further uniting well, outside of the Western control. <laughs> the U.S. doesn't bicker or argue, um, unfortunately. The U.S. tells people what to do. It's right. and if you don't uh, do our, it. our way or the highway. Or, right. You know, if, if you you're not, like uh, George Bush Jr. said, uh, you either uh, with us or you, you with the, you know, the the other guys. <laughs> yeah, and then. I want to say the word here. Right. And like Hillary Clinton said, we came, we saw, he died. He died. <laughs> you know, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not funny, but it, yeah, we know how things go out there. So, uh, all right, let's keep moving. Uh, a couple more headlines here. Definitely want to touch on. Um, and also you mentioned, here's a headline here about uh, Lukashenko. Uh, and his uh, viewpoint on where things are heading he says SEO can become a global organization uh, to address the problems of the world order. And so you mentioned also that he wasn't invited to the ceremony along with Putin. <laughs> For the, uh, the funeral, uh, state funeral of the queen on Monday. Yeah. So Putin, the president of Russia and the president of Belarus, uh, they weren't weren't invited. So it's interesting. Uh, that uh, the guys were pushing for the SCO. And, and then you have President Xi Jinping of China. He's not going to show up. He's going to send a, an underling uh, for the state funeral. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Which is going to be another another uh, huge uh, taxpayer-funded event. Mm-hmm. Is, is they're going to spend as much you know, a huge ceremony in the palace for all these uh, foreign dignitaries. You can imagine how much that's going to cost. Have they, get, have they given any figures yet as to the t- cost? I don't know, but there's supposed to be like a thousand people there. So you do, you know, it's it's going to be quite big. Oh, man, let me look this up. Accuse us. Of, oh, so here's just a little headline. Just typed it real quick of, of uh, some numbers. I'm not sure. It says, this from New York Post here, it says, Queen Elizabeth's 7.5 million funeral security costs will be prices in UK history. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's just the security. Right, that's just the security. So, wow. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, Britain's taxpayer funding at at use there, huh? I I had an interesting back and forth, or I'm sorry, interesting back and forth rant the other day just talking about the monarchy and how, you know, outside of the mainstream media, flooding us to remind us of its importance on the underside of things. There's a lot of people in alternative media space expressing their displeasure. I've actually seen signs of people out in the streets along, I guess the funeral processions type of things expressing their displeasure. And so it's like, yeah, it's just, they're they're trying to keep it in the forefront of our minds, but the rest of the world would rather move on. Yeah. But there's a lot of people, uh, the majority are like there to uh, do the, the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, the monarchy is still very popular with uh, a lot of people in this country. So, yeah. Now, so as far as the because uh, MW says traveling around to four countries, not sure. Is there will there be a which will her coffin be? Uh, well, I think uh, she she died in Scotland. So they they moved it from Scotland uh, to England. But I think Prince or King Charles now. He 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 was he went to Scotland, uh, to, and and then he went to Northern. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Ireland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he's going to Wales. Usually they overlook Wales. But yeah, I mean that. I think that's what he means for countries because right. the United Kingdom is—they call it the home countries: uh, England, Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland. Yeah. All right. Let's keep it moving. Um, all right. So let's jump into this change subjects a little bit. Let's get into the precious metal side of things because it looks like due to uh, market activity, uh, things start off a little bit down, but it looks like it recover uh, rather surprisingly. Yeah, I find it interesting that I looked at the markets today and saw that everything was in red, including gold and silver. I'm thinking, like, how is it possible that everything usually trends downward at the same time? Because in prior times, it would always be the reverse. As something tanks, something else, you know, picks up on the other side. But here we are today. But it looks like gold and silver is back up in the green slightly. Yeah. And uh, yesterday, uh, gold and this morning uh, during London time, gold broke uh like the lows for the last two and a half years. Yeah. So technically it wasn't very looking very good. It was around 1660. So the fact that we've come back up like this, while the, the stock market at the moment is still down, down right. 350 points, the Dow, uh, it's quite encouraging. And uh, the other thing as well, yesterday, silver uh, gold had a bad day, mm-hmm. made a new two and a half or two year low, but silver didn't go uh, didn't make a new low, a recent low, because the recent low was below 18. It stayed around uh, just below 19. And today, uh, silver's leading the way again. Yeah. Silver's up like 1%. It has been up more. And, and gold is up half a percent. And the, the gold-silver ratio, if you want to show that chart, is yeah, starting yeah. To, to look better for silver, which is encouraging. Yeah, here we go here. Yeah, because you see the big spike... Uh, in uh, 2020, that's when uh, we had the collapse in March of 2020, and silver underperformed gold a lot. Mm-hmm. And right now, we're we're trying we're kind of having a collapse of the stock market, bonds, uh, and everything. Mm-hmm. And yes, uh, gold has gone up quite quite a lot versus silver, but it looks like now it's turning. And the the further down this uh, chart goes, mm-hmm. it means that silver is doing well. Yeah. So. This means that either the uh, stock market and the system is stabilizing or we're going to still see some kind of crash in the stock market and bond market. But precious metals are going to go the other way this time and go up because uh, for usually in the precious metals bull market, silver does a lot better. Mm -hmm. And and so that's encouraging, I I would say, that gold-silver ratio. Right. I'd agree. And hopefully it, it goes away continuously just because I did notice the other day myself how it just it wasn't a typical smash down all the way across the board. Yeah. And yesterday as well, a lot of the uh, mining mining stocks held up relatively well despite the uh, bloodbath in gold. Yeah. And then also, uh, so a lot of concern right now happens to be about uh, what's happening with FedEx and their mm. uh, CEO who came out and said that you know, he basically came out with their little forward guidance calls saying that uh, 2023 is going to be very bad. And he threw out the word worldwide recession just because their sales is down or whatnot. 
And yeah. so it spooked the markets. And of course, it's not doing too well itself. And this is the first time it's been this low in quite some time for FedEx. And I was like, this is definitely something to pay attention to because this could be the the front runner for more bad news like this to come, even though we know the world's in a recession. But still, yeah, uh, they haven't well, been allowed to tell that yet. <laughs> FedEx is part of the uh, transport transportation uh, Dow Transport Index. And uh, if there's the Dow theory that says that the Dow Industrials uh, and the transportation, uh, they they need to be trading in tandem for for example if the dow makes a a new high and the transports don't it doesn't confirm it and uh, the reason why the transport is so important is because an economy if an economy is doing well people are buying things and people and companies like fedex are shipping a lot of things yeah and uh, the ceo said that uh, they had a forecast for 2023 but they've had to pull them because Mm -hmm. he said things are changing so quickly and are so uncertain so and he said not just for for the whole world but also for the united states so maybe with with that you could jump into that atlanta fed gdp now yeah let me grab and grab that one up here we go yeah here we go right there yeah so this is a forecast that the atlanta fed makes it's the green line that's the atlanta fed gdp now estimate and you can see that at the end of August, they're going for 2.5% GDP for the third quarter. And now it's almost down to zero. But in, more interestingly, the blue chip consensus, which I think is the banks and other economists, uh, they've dropped below zero. And they are usually uh, their forecasts are usually higher than the Atlanta Fed. Mm. So we've had already uh, the first two quarters of negative GDP. And it looks like we're going to have a third uh, quarter of neg- negative GDP. But of oh, course, uh, uh, Brandon says we're not in a recession. Yeah, that, that's not, that, you know, no longer, don't, no, those rules no longer apply. It won't be a recession. You're going to have to have 35 uh, consecutive quarters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, speaking of which, uh, Dude Boy uh, mentions that uh, he says, according to Ar- Arcadia, uh, says that Crimex and LBMA silver is being drained. And I think Rafi also reports for those guys as well. So yeah. uh, I, I assume this difference in the silver uh, smash down uh, percentage-wise is a lot different due to perhaps that silver squeeze is underway, you think? Well, yeah. And the, the silver squeeze, I, I spoke to uh, Andy Sheckman actually earlier today, mm-hmm. and he said he thinks it's going to come from the exchanges, not the small retailers, even though I think the silver squeeze movement is helping. Mm-hmm. marginally, but he thinks a, a lot of the managed money, which is like hedge funds and the CTAs, yeah. they're they're heavily short because they were long a few months ago because they thought, oh, we've got inflation, we got war, we're going to go long gold and silver. And uh, yes, gold and silver did move up, but not that much. Yeah. So they got for, frustrated, turned around and shorted uh, silver mm-hmm. while the commercial banks the bullion banks now they're long net long silver which is uh, a rarity so and uh, yeah people have been uh, noticing that a lot of the silver has been draining out of the comex and it's not going into uh, what they call eligible uh, stock mm-hmm. it's just disappearing so it means big money is starting to to buy silver yeah and i wonder what would be the uh the point to where they'll either you know stop delivery 
or literally just, you know, somehow rewrite the rules of the game and somehow some way change the, uh, the, the mm. way that they can, you know, the, 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 the rules in which they would allow the medals to leave their possession, you know what I'm saying? Instead. So, yeah, but maybe, uh, you know, the medals, uh, is leaving to the right people. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? The people, yeah. On the inside, they know what's mm. coming uh, ahead. And, and speaking of which, uh, not unrelated, but something that we all can learn from. Because you even interviewed someone, uh, was it from Lebanon a, a while back, about the whole banking situation. So I'm assuming by, by now there's a couple of videos surfacing out there of individuals that's fed up of not being able to get whatever remaining currency they have in the bank. So they actually mm-hmm. have gone to the bank and held the banks up themselves to get their <laughs> funds out. And so they've had more occurrences like that throughout the country. So they decide that mm-hmm. it's like next week to – yeah, closed down the retail banks. <laughs> what happened in Lebanon um, started back in 2019, and uh, for like almost 20 years, the Lebanese uh, uh, pound, as it's called, um, was fixed to the dollar, and it was you know as good as the dollar. And a lot of people held dollars; they thought they held dollars in in the banks. Yeah, but then the currency collapsed uh, in 2019. And uh, the banks basically didn't have the dollars. <laughs> you know, they, they're not going after Lebanese pounds. They're going after dollars they mm-hmm. thought they had. And, and it's very similar to uh, to gold and silver, I think. Not mm-hmm. physical, of course, but people who think they, they own gold through ETFs or silver through ETFs or, or the futures. And then all of a sudden they see things getting a bit, rough in the markets and they want delivery and they say oh sorry you have to take cash so it's very similar to that i would say yeah and so i'm trying to pull up the uh visual chart just to see what that looks like but it's not coming up so but i was able to find the lebanese pound uh in dollar term or in gold terms rather so here we can see uh the lebanese pound of an ounce over the last 20 plus years. And right now it's, you know, 2.5 yeah, million. The thing, the thing is, Mike, uh, that, <laughs> that doesn't mean anything because they're using the official uh, pound currency uh, exchange. Yeah. yeah. In the black market, this is probably more like, a, I don't know, 200,000. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, it, just, uh, yeah. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. Good point there. Uh, man. All right. Let's, uh, we got a couple more topics here we can touch on. Uh, so let's uh we did touch on we did not mention about the um uh the pressure against Hungary now due to their lack of cooperation with the rest of the EU's agenda to isolate Russia and so it looks like uh they are they have been voted to uh, you know have some penalties against them because they've been quoted as not being a democracy uh, anymore just because they don't want to destroy their own country so is an interesting little headline here. European Parliament says Hungary no longer a democracy, but an electoral autocracy due to the fact they're not following uh, EU orders, basically is what it boils down yeah, to. Yeah, because they, you know, they had fair elections, I guess. And uh, they didn't play ball with uh, what the EU wanted to do. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like uh, the United States, you've got 50 states. Yeah. And uh, not every state agrees uh, with, yeah. yeah. And it should be the same thing in the EU. And uh, they they use the excuse that uh, Hungary is politically corrupt, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like uh, the pot calling the kettle black. 
Right. And they use that excuse to cut funding, EU funding to Hungary. But uh, I'm sure Hungary is probably not too bothered because they're not paying the exorbitant prices for their energy. Right. And speaking of which, a part of that whole uh, concern that might be reason why is the fact that it was reported months ago that uh, Hungary was ready to pony up some rubles and actually pay for their energy. So assuming that went through, but I'd imagine this factors in as well as to why they they jumped ship and blaming them for uh, being a electoral autocracy. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, but yeah, so I wanted, will this be uh, eventually a sign of the unraveling of the EU? Because based upon different nations and different positions right now, more nations were heavily dependent upon Russian oil than some other ones. So it looks like the eastern the eastern wing of the EU area are the ones that are on the fence more likely, whereas in the southern areas that are all heavy EU, you know, yeah. like for example, France, I'm hearing their energy energy is good. They're supplying energy supposedly to the northern yeah. nations. Is that correct? Well, the French government is subsidizing a lot of the prices, but I read somewhere that uh, because France, I think 60 or 70% of its electricity is generated by nuclear. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, apparently uh, more than half their nuclear reactors are either closed or under repair. So I'm not sure how long that will last, you know, the contained prices. But what you asked there about the breakup of the EU, I, I would say uh, it's probably uh, the, you know, the the time in which there's the biggest possibility of, yeah. of such, such thing happening. Yeah. And I think we'll have to wait until next spring to see yeah. how the winter goes. If it's a very cold winter and very difficult, you, you could see people, uh, you know, uh, in different countries say, oh, we want to make up with Russia because we don't want to be in this situation next right. winter. And uh, if we, and then some people will say, oh, but we're going to become independent of Russia, but it's going to take years to get the infrastructure going because uh, the natural gas and a lot of the energy from Russia, 